Stevie Slapshot with you. AM 1400 KSHP. Very special edition of our remembrances of Brian Blessing uh, for an hour. We're going to talk with his brother, John. John on the phone from me, uh, from Buffalo with me. Uh, John, first of all, good morning. John, are you there? Why, what have I done? John? John, are you there? Hello? Oh, there we I'm go. Here. That, that was okay. me. That was me messing okay. up. That's okay. Hey, uh, the first time people have wanted to mute me. <laughs> that's, that's fan- that was fantastically clever, as, uh, as Brian would have wanted. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not even really sure to, how to start this. But um, I, I know that you are we're 12 years older than Brian. The, the, to start with you guys growing up, I, wh- how did that – I'm, I'm just – I'm thinking, you know, by the time he's six, you're, you're going off to college. Um, what, what, what was the relationship like between the two brothers uh, growing up? Well, it helped that I went to college in the same city and lived at home. So I was there for I was there till I was twenty two. Um, some articles have said that I was a surrogate father, and, and that kind of really is incorrect. Uh, we had a great father, but I felt if I uh, it, because we weren't close in age, it, it wasn't a competitive thing. It was more like I wanted to get him started in sports at an early age, and really try to make him a better athlete than I was. Although I thought I was pretty good. Um, so every day after school, whether it was high school or college, uh, we'd either play baseball, basketball, or football. There was a park that was near the house, and we'd just go and, and, and play. Uh, one of the things that uh, I thought was, might be particularly interesting is when he was young, I bought him a baseball glove, and he could, he could play catch, but he couldn't catch a fly ball. So I went out in the street. We lived on a street with no traffic with a tennis ball, and I'd throw it as high as I could, and he could not catch it worth a darn. So eventually I said, all right, for every one you catch, I'll buy you a Coke. Before we went in for dinner, I owed him 29 Cokes. <laughs> he was a competitive little bugger. Yeah. Um, well, and, uh, and and he loved his food. I, d- I don't remember him con- consuming Coke so much. Uh, I, I guess, you know, by the time I knew him, uh, beer beer was yeah. the go-to. Um, That's but- true. But I, but uh, I, I, I could just, I, I, I can see him, you know, with a, with, with some kind of food as the prize, uh, not, not dropping a ball now. Um, that, that, that uh, again sounds very much like Brian. So um, I, I know that both of you had a passion for sports. Did, did, would he have had the passion anyway, or how, how big of a part did you play in, in his passion? Because I know your passion is deep. Well, I don't want to take credit for it, so I, 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 I somehow suspect he would have found it on his own, but we'll never know because sports, was always, sports, music, and trivia was always the common denominator, and we did something basically all the time. When I left to go to Buffalo um, to go to graduate school, which I chose that school parenthetically because I could go to Bill's games, <laughs> but uh, it, he was 11, and... Uh, Basically, he would get to four games a year on the average. My parents would come up. If friends of mine were coming, they'd bring them. And I took him to the opening game at Rich Stadium. So 
uh, it's hard to say. I, I, I definitely was able to have him involved in a lot of things, but I got to think he would have found that on his own anyway. Um, it's just that it was what we did. Um, and it was weird because I would take him to these games, and uh, I once had a, a job offer uh, to move, and he said, I would li- I'd pick garbage to live in Buffalo and be able to go to Bills, Braves, and Sabres games and, and a couple of other things that he threw in. Um, and about 12 years later, he's working in Buffalo and taking me into the locker room carrying the battery pack for the, fi- the uh, cameraman as he's interviewing players. So uh, my taking him places kind of paid off for me too. Why? What, what was it about Buffalo, John? Be, be, you guys grew up in Wilkesbury, right? Yeah. Now, um, is it is it Wilkesbury closer to Philadelphia, or do I have my is my geography have, all messed up? No, no, you you are right. And but he and I were both, uh, you know, neither one of us did things the expected way. Uh, <laughs> I hated the Flyers, the, the, the Phillies, and the Seventy Sixers. I liked the Boston Celtics as a kid, and uh, as I was discovering football. There was a local guy that uh, was playing for the Bills and was a disaster quarterback, later became the, the uh, county executive. But uh, So I was kind of following that, and you could get the Bills games on the radio of a 50,000-watt station. So I listened to them, and I became a Bills fan. And then when it came time to go to graduate school, I thought, well, uh, there were five places I was considering, but Buffalo I felt like I sort of knew from having listened to all the stuff. So I went. And then when I started taking him to the games, he just learned everything about it. We used to do sports trivia of the most bizarre type. It would be things like trying to get him involved, in, but he, he could do it. It's like take O.J. Simpson's number, subtract Bill, Bill Russell of the Celtics number, and what player do you get on, on Cal- the, the Lakers? And, and he would do it. And I mean, it was just, it was just the way we did things. So, uh, but going to those games, uh, he had a magic touch. He caught and he went to a, uh, um, army Navy game in Philadelphia and caught an extra point. I took him to a Sabres game against Montreal and Frank Mahovlich tossed the puck over the glass to him. I mean, it just gravitated toward him. He, he did. The, the, there was something about him that, 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 those kind of things all always seem to work out. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be talking with, with Mike Harrington uh, in, in, in the next hour uh, from Buffalo. And he, I, I'll just tell you, John, uh, I have been researching injuries for sports books for like the past 30 years. And uh, my, my father was a journalist. And uh, the first way that I did it was with actual newspapers. Now I use the Internet. But I, I remember John, you know, in, in, in researching these injuries, reading these articles, how good a writer uh, uh, Mike Harrington was. And, and when the Internet came about, you know, I, I would message him occasionally about a great article. I ended up meeting Mike Harrington because of Brian Blessing. I mean, he just he Brian had that ability somehow to, to get those kind of things done. It's, it was unbelievable. Well, and, and also being in the right place at the right time. I mean, for example, being in Las Vegas with his seven years of doing hockey hotline in Buffalo when the Golden Knights came to be. I mean, it gave him a leg up on knowing about hockey when a lot of other people there were scrambling to say, what's icing? Right. And similarly, when he came to Buffalo to do sports in 1980, the first week he was there, 
the Bills beat Miami for the first time in 20 games. They lost every game to Miami in the 70s. So the first week of the season, they beat Miami and tore the goalpost down. He covered it. The next week, he covered O.J. Simpson's retirement. They retired his number, I mean. And uh, that was more meaningful then than it is now. But, I mean, he was always had a knack for being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. And, and earning it. But don't get me wrong. But, but taking it full advantage of it. Yeah, and doing it well, right? No, he and and he had he had that ability in in the, in the moment to to like be part of it, but not how do I he, like the 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 first time I met him. So uh, I'm I'm working over at Don Best, and um, there's a couple of guys and myself talking hockey. Now the other guys don't like hockey as much as I do, and that was that was the thing in in, in the room. And, and and Brian walks in and. and and I, I kind of saw him out of the corner of my eye, and I didn't know who he was. He, it, I, it might may have been his first day there, uh, coming over uh, with Kenny White from um, LVSC. Um, but he, so he hears us talking about hockey, and right away he he walks into the conversation, but do, doesn't take it over, but immediately becomes a part of it. He he I, he had this this way about him that 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 he became part of. Whatever he wanted to be a part of, but but he didn't take it over. He didn't he didn't monopolize, but but he wanted to be part of it. Uh, cause, again, because because we're talking hockey and he loves hockey. Um, I I, it, it, I don't know. It was it was just a special ability that he had, um, and, well, and I guess that's I why. Would... Go ahead. No, I'm 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 just gonna say I guess that's why so many people are 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 touched now. Yeah. Well, in a similar way. There was an anecdote when he first came to Buffalo, when he first got the job I mean, the, to work, when he got the job uh, at Channel 4. Uh, he and I both had the feeling that somebody who's on TV or radio, for that matter, telling you sports with the access, access that they have should know more than you know about it. And if we didn't feel that they knew more than we had, that they were just a talking head, we weren't interested. So he walks in the night before he's to start. And the, two of the uh, staffer people there were sitting around talking sports. And I think they felt, well, here comes the new kid who hasn't been to Buffalo, and he's coming from Pennsylvania. What's he going to know about sports? So the one guy says to him, okay, sports kid, um, who is the Sabres goalie that lost an eye, lost sight in one of his eyes when hit by a puck? And Brian said, Jerry Desjardins, who took the shot? And the guy says, what do you mean took, who took the shot? And he said, um, Peter McNabb took the shot. It was deflected from in front of the net and went up and hit him in the eye hole. And from that point on, they believed him. Yeah. I I used to know all those things, John. I've, I've completely forgotten all, all that stuff now. My, my, my memory is, is shot. But, the, but that uh, – yeah, that, 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 that's exactly who, who Brian was. I, I just um, – it, it, it's amazing how he could, he could recall all, all that stuff and, and, and you know uh, – to, uh, doing the show with him, all, all, all those memories he he remembered every name, everything that happened, and and I would ask him something you know to do with that day or that week, and he couldn't remember. But but all, all all those memories from the past, he had those spot on. Well, you know, I prided myself on doing that, and we would get. I mean, we were very close, but we competed. And when years ago, when Trivial Pursuit was the rage, a sports version came out, and he and I were playing a game. And I had I was in the center thing to win. And the question I, I got, he said, you'll never get this. I said, I'll get it. He said, you'll never get it. He said, who uh, 
what did Mark Harm, inmate Mark Harmon drive on December 8, 1986? And I happened to be stuck in the Atlanta airport and watched the Miami-New England game when they cleared off the thing with the snowplow right. to kick the winning field goal in the 3 nothing game. And I said, well, you're wrong. It's a snowplow. <laughs> and the, he, he read the thing. He said, nope. I said, what do you mean, no? I watched the game. He said, it was a John Deere Mach 312. I can still remember that. He would not let me win the game because I couldn't have named the brand of the snow of the <laughs> snowplow that only John Deere would have known. Yeah, uh, but that that again, you you talked about uh, you know people identifying with a sportscaster only if he knew more than they knew. Brian had an opinion on everything, and you and, and it didn't matter if it, if music, sports, politics, whatever it was. And he was he would ne- it didn't matter if you had an argument that was impeachable he he would not come off his opinion and, and yeah. I, 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 I think I think that's part of the reason that 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 people watched and listened to him was was he had an opinion well yeah I mean he had a way of taking opposite sides and arguing but in a way that you found appealing because it was humorous. Yeah. I mean, the hockey hotline showed that he did in Buffalo. He and Mike Robitaille would argue like cats and dogs, but you came away laughing. It wasn't like, well, this is awkward. It was just, it was couched in the right sort of personality that it made it work. Yeah. I, 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 Dana Lane and I were talking about this the other day, and he, he did it to Dana, and he certainly did it to me. He He would purposely, he knew you know, if I was on the opposite side of something with him and if he maybe he felt like the show was dragging or he just wanted to have fun that day or whatever it was, and he would start the argument and he know that I, he know that I would fire back at him because, you know, I I had an opinion on, on, on that subject. And we would yell at each other, John, for for 10 minutes, that segment. I mean, go at it. And then, you know, he would start the commercial, shut the mics off and just smile at me. And uh, you know, and, yeah. and, and and tell me that he loved me. That it, it was it was cool. It it was fun every day here with Brian. And and I don't think I, I know I'm not the only guy that shares that opinion. And anybody who did anything with Brian, it was fun. Well, you know, I was listening to your show one day and how you would come back from commercial breaks or sports breaks with music. And a lot of the music was older than Brian, or at least music Brian shouldn't have known. But he knew it because he listened to my music. And so I remember this particular day that they came back and they were playing a grassroots song from the 60s. And he said what it was. What He got the name of the song right, uh-huh. but he said the group, the group wrong. And I sent him a text message saying, like, it wasn't the grassroots, it was the, the I forget who it was at okay. the point, but, but the thing, and I guarantee you he never told you that he was, because you were giving him a hard time, like, how do you know the song? I guarantee he never told you that he had the group wrong, but yeah. I, I had to send it to him and dig him anyway. Yeah, no, there there was stuff like that. He So, I'll, I'll just tell you, the, the, when, when uh, the Knights first started playing here, and, and Marc-Andre Fleury's the goaltender, and and he came in one day and just he, he said, "Boy, that the Mark Andre Fleury handles the puck really well, moves the puck really well." And I, I, what game are you watching, Brian? Is 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 my response? And eventually he came around to that the Mark Andre Fleury was not good at handling the puck, but he would never admit. 
and I and I I should have pulled the tape up and played it for him. He would never admit that he had the opposite opinion of that when Flurry first got here. <laughs> no, that 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 sounds vintage. But I mean, it was it was always done in a way that you really couldn't resent it or take issue with it. You just maybe would shake your head and say, "That's Brian." Yeah, that that's what that was. That exactly, John. That 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 was Brian. Um, there again, there were several times that, that that he and I disagreed about things, and w- when I came to be proven right, um, there there was no mention of it. But but John. If if he had it right, he would never let me live it oh, down on air, and you'll, and you'll never hear the end of it. Right, and and that's fine. That's Brian again. I I loved doing the show with him. It it, it was great. Um, that so when he went to college, he he started out to be an accountant, and then uh, the story that he told me is he's listening to some guy do a a, a sports report someday and, and thinks I, I can do better than that. And 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 changes major, and and becomes the a uh, 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 sports broadcasting major, and, and we know what what he went on to. Wh- why did he want to be an accountant first? Because I I got to tell you, his math skills are not in a, in just you know handicapping games and point spreads and stuff like that. His math skills are not that great. I I told him I I, I told him more than once. It's it's a good thing. That you went into sports broadcasting, otherwise several people would have lost fortunes, you know, with, with you as their accountant. But um, so again, why did why did he was he going to be an accountant, and then uh, how how did that change? Well, I don't know why he was going to be an accountant because I, I I was living in Buffalo then at the time, and that that was you know obviously something when I, I do know that the. The high schools that we went to didn't have any kind of guidance programs. And so you went to college and you, you kind of went blind, not knowing what you were going to do. And so I suspect that he fell into it. But as I mentioned earlier, we both went to college at home at King's College right in Wilkes-Barre. And in the 11 years from when I went there, they had expanded their program and there was a communications field. And I don't know why he went into it accounting, but I think he discovered that there was a communications program which I never, which hadn't existed previously. It was relatively new, and I think that was just a natural fit to switch to. So I don't know why he switched or why he started in accounting, but it was a great transition to something that he loved. And then my mother always said she raised two Peter Pans, and so neither one of us have ever grown up. So the idea of having a job where you know, it really wasn't work. It was something you love to do, which certainly appealed to him. That, that, that's the best job to have, John, and, and, and I never want to grow up either. Uh, this, this is too much fun. Um, all right, so, so then so he switches, he, he, and, and then he uh, graduates uh, with, a, with a degree in broadcasting. And, and, does, and you were already in Buffalo, correct? Yes. Okay, and then does he head directly to Buffalo? How how. How? No. Okay. What what happened? He did an internship at the local Channel 16. I think it was an ABC affiliate in Wilkes-Barre. And when he graduated, you know, you know, Brian, you make a contact, you follow up on the contact. He got actually got a job right after, he, like right out of right out of high school or right out of college, working at the station where he interned in Wilkes-Barre. Shortly after that, um, in a sports directorship opened up in Harrisburg. At WHP, I think it was, and he went there, and he he went literally within a year of graduating to being the sports director in Harrisburg. Um, 
he came up to visit me and he brought three ta- he brought tapes and I drove him around to the three stations and two of them didn't want any part of talking to him. Uh, the third one listened to him and at the end they said, well, we don't have any sports jobs. Would you like a job doing weather? And he said no, but he gave him the name of the former weather girl that had worked with him in Harrisburg. They hired her and she went on to be the princess of the airwaves in Buffalo. She was extremely talented. And a year later, uh, when there was an opening there, she reminded the news director about Brian's tape and said he would be a perfect fit. So he went Wilkes-Barre, Harrisburg for a year, and then to, then to Buffalo, uh, basically through setting her up for the job, and she in turn set him up. Wow. That, that's that's cool how, how that stuff works. And then uh, and you were already in Buffalo, and, and you were telling me uh, he spent the first few months uh, living with you. What, what was that like, uh, having him as a roommate there, John? Well, I mean, it was my wife and I, and, and he was coming and going a lot. I mean, he wasn't around an awful lot. And it, it probably wasn't a few months, but uh, Marie hadn't yet moved to Buffalo, and he was he still didn't have an apartment. So he was there for a short period of time. But, again, it was the sports thing. He was there. He arrived at the exact right time for Buffalo, as I mentioned before. And one of the things that I always liked, and, and he liked as well, um, was to put highlights to music. And so we would go through and they, after a game that he was covering and find uh, the uh, perfect music to match with the highlights and then put together a package with it. And um, again, it was very early on, but it kind of created a little bit of a niche of something that was, you know, not quite the ordinary. So um, he, you know, just uh, hit the ground running. And then he got his own apartment, and he was in town. And from then on, he was well on his own. I mean, he was on his own to begin with, but he wasn't living with us. Um, and then, uh, you know, it was like Thursday night basketball. He'd come and play. He fit in right with all the guys that I played ball with, and we we still we got to play ball together as adults after having done it as big guy and little guy. Yeah, that that that's cool. How, how you know he he would never tell me how how good of an athlete was he i know, I know he basketball and and hockey it, it it seemed were the the two that he talked about more often um how 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 good of an athlete was he was he when he when he played with you guys was he one of the better guys out there he he was he was very competitive and very good yeah he um we started as i said when we played back home um i would play i'm six four so I would never take them underneath. I'd only shoot outside shots. And if I couldn't beat them that way, I wasn't going to beat them. And normally I would beat them. But eventually he got to the point where he had some size and he became competitive. And I remember the first time he beat me, which was both sad and satisfying. <laughs> and then when we were up there, we, we thought a lot alike about sports. And we, we could finish sometimes finish each other's sentences. And so when we played ball together, it gave us a chance to do some creative things, and he was great at it. We, uh, you know, you're not supposed in basketball, cross court passes aren't supposed to happen. But one of us would dri- dribble down the outside, and the other one would just know and go to fade out into the corner, and there'd be this ridiculous cross court pass that would find somebody wide open. Um, and he was he was very good. And towards the end, it was a, a toss up which one of us would win. Um, at uh, hockey, I can't skate backwards, so he had that over me all, all over the place. But in Wilkes-Barre, when he was in college, uh, to make some money, he was a hockey referee of uh, you know an adult league or something. So 
that was probably his first exposure to hockey because there was no hockey in Wilkes-Barre at the time, and hell, Buffalo didn't have the Sabres until 1970. So uh, uh, he came, went to Sabres games, but he knew how to skate, and then, you know, doing promotional things, got to do some ice things. So, And he played uh, adult league hockey with, with friends. So he that was one that he taught himself. I didn't teach him that one. Like I said, I couldn't skate backwards. <laughs> You, you said something in there. He, he was a great golfer. He could he, he could hit the hell out, out of a golf ball. And because of my size, and he always told me my clubs didn't fit me. I, I went golfing with him once, and the third guy looked at me and said, if you were a revolutionary, you'd have no arms or legs. But <laughs> Brian was, was extremely good, and he could hit the ball a mile. And, and he still was playing a lot of golf, as I understand from my friend Nick that he played with in Vegas. Yeah, he did. He he played a lot of golf uh, out here. Um, I I am not a golfer. I've I've got just this minor. In, in fact, he he has you know he had a back issue. I don't know how he made it because every any time a couple of times that I tried to play golf, it made my back sore and it just I it wasn't something. And I, and I wasn't good at it anyway. So um, so I, I I didn't do it. When 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 you were when you were talking there. Uh, about uh, about Brian playing, so you mentioned something about you and he thinking a light uh, alike about sports. When we were talking before we uh, got on air, um, w- w- one of his pet peeves was oh, got, yeah. was guys wasting timeouts, uh, you know, in, in, in football. And and apparently you and he shared that, and and, and maybe you even started that w- with him. I'm not sure that I started it. I know that I I read the the reference was the original way that I saw it was in an early John Madden book that said in the second half of a football game, there is no timeout that's worth, there's no five yard penalty that should be, you should waste time out for. You see guys on third and 17 call timeout to figure out a play that's not going to work and then they punt. The only way you can get the ball back at the end of the game in a very close game is to call timeout and have some time left. And timeouts would get squandered. And I, he and I would complain about it all the time. He actually told me, and he was serious about this, that he and I should create a seminar for NFL coaches to teach them how to manage the clock. Uh, and I said, that ain't going to happen, Brian. He really believed it could happen. But it was a, a ridiculous pet peeve. We text each other every Sunday watching Bills games. He still stayed, you know, still was a Bills fan. And we would watch the games at the same time and text back and forth. And still on my phone, there are texts, damn it, they wasted another one. You know, <laughs> what's wrong with these people? I mean, it was something that we probably started years ago. Um, and it was as recent as uh, two weeks ago that we were we were still doing it. Yeah. Um, oh, so I, I wanted to get more, a little bit away from sports and more more into the man. He, he um, the, the, one of the ways that he he touched so many people is he always had time for for everybody. Like when when he would walk through the station, the the, the girls up front knew Brian more than anyone else that did a show here because he would stop and talk to them and, and ask them about their friend. He knew everybody's wife's name. He knew everybody's kid's name. He knew the sports they play, what they were interested in school. Um, he, he just had time for everybody and remembered all that stuff. How, how, was that just in your family? Was, was your whole family that way, or was that unique to Brian? No, my, my parents were... Uh, I've often said 
that uh, friends of mine would meet my parents, and they would become friends with them, not because um, they were my parents, but because of their personalities. Uh, it was sort of uh, a thing that uh, I used to think it was like a blessing trait that what can you do to help somebody if you know if somebody uh, somebody needed to move and didn't drive a truck you offered to drive the truck. Uh, my dad was like that. My mother uh, never had a, a, a poor word to say about anyone, and uh, so I mean he grew up in that atmosphere. But I think also it had to do with the nature of the business of um, you had to have the personality and get to know people and you had to make an impression on them and, and create the contacts. And I, I'm not saying he was doing it for that purpose, but I'm saying I think it's, it's probably a combination of his upbringing, but also of the nature of the business he was in. Yeah. I, I noticed that when, when, when he was around, you know, sports book directors or whatever. And, and, and you're right. Part of it is that, you know, he needs them, you know, to pay the bills, right? And and he needs them to be on the show to to, to fill content, and and part of that is you know a, a slight schmooze in there, right? But but it was, but with Brian it was genuine. I I've seen again I'm I'm, I'm in the industry, so I've seen several people do this. When Brian did it, it was different. He he genuinely cared, and they knew he cared. So that so that made it different. I think sometimes it might start as schmooze, but because of the, the personality and the interaction, it just quickly would de- depart from that and become something that, I mean, you know, that you would, uh, well, the best example maybe I can give you is you and Dana. I mean, I've spoken to you guys uh, about Brian today, but I feel like I've made new friends. You have, bud. And I think that's the way it was with him. Yeah, you you have I I got your phone number now, so look out. Um, That's right. Yeah. Well, and, and again, I, when I was talking to Dana, and I'll mention it to you, when I get out to Vegas, I want to go have a beer with you guys and share some stories, but also talk sports a little. Yeah, we we we, we will do that. I, I look forward to that. Um, but but the anecdote is that I think that that's what happened with him. Is if, if it started as a schmooze. As long as the person seemed genuine and, and, and someone that he could relate to, it would develop into something very quickly. Yeah, it, it just takes something to open the door, but then once the door is open, the floodgates come. The the, the other thing that hits home with me that, that you were talking about there is your 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 parents and and and, and your family always willing to help somebody else. But I and, and I saw this with Brian and it peeved me off. Uh, actually, um, that that he wouldn't do for himself. He would do for everybody else, right? Like I, I, I've I've told the story. That I've I had car problems one time. He he gave me a couple hundred bucks to fix the car. Dr- drove me to the auto place. Drove me home when I, when they had to keep the car overnight, and then and then had to drive back to his house. It, you know, it, it, it took him two hours driving around Vegas to get all this done. And and he'd give me two hundred bucks, but he wouldn't spend forty bucks on himself to go to the chiropractor to make the back feel better. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it doesn't surprise me, but uh, again, it's it's gratifying to hear. Um, I, I think one of the things that for it is side related issue. He did this hockey hotline show, and people are right were uh, on Facebook all over the place talking about what a nice guy he was, how he had the time for them, and. They and how great he was at the show, and he really was. That show was an amazing show. 
um, because of the interaction he had with Mike Robitaille. But the thing that meant the most to me was the people that were saying what a nice guy he was. Yeah. You know, the sports knowledge is there, and he's got the inroad to be able to do it, and he's lucky to be able to do it, and he's thrilled to be able to do it. But treating people well uh, is, you know, more important. Yeah, no, it, it, that's what it's about, John, and 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 it was certainly that. And and you know, un- unfortunately, when I when I got the news on Sunday, the, the first thing I'm trying to do is is disprove it. I, I I can't believe it. And and so I'm on internet, and I and I got to tell you, my my internet almost blew up on me um, from all the messages from Buffalo, John. Not 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 so much from Vegas, but and and he hadn't been in Buffalo since 2005, and 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 all these people who only heard him on the who who had never met him only heard him on the radio that 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 were devastated that uh, he yeah. he he touched so many people, John. Yeah, well and. And he was in the right place to do it because Buffalo is that kind of a, a community. Uh, as you probably know, the first year the Bills made the playoffs to end the drought was uh, when Boomer Esiason completed an improbable pass for Cincinnati to beat Baltimore. And after that, Buffalo donated $400,000 in $17 increments to Boomer Esiason's foundation. I mean, that's just the way the city is. So if they like you, they're going to let you know it. And they love the well, was it Boomer Sison or was it Andy Dalton? I'm sorry, you're right. It was, what am I thinking? There, there I go with blowing the sports odds. Of course, it was Andy Dalton. I, I went back a couple of generations. I, Boomer Sison would have been sitting there with his gray hair watching the game. Yeah, no, I, I actually feel good about that, John. That I was able to get one on you because nice. you, you nice, nice work. Because you, well, you, you know, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say I, I just proved I'm not as good at as at ad libbing as Brian was. No, no nobody was. The, 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 uh, where where did that come from? How how you know him, you know as well as anybody. Is is it just a God given gift that he could just walk in as the as the themes playing, sit down and and do a show like he now. now he used to always say that I, I prepared by watching all the games last night, which he did. But 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 just walk in and and smooth as silk g- give you a radio show. It was you know I had to work my butt off to be fairly competent, you know, and, and it felt like he did nothing and just walked in and and was the best there ever was. Steve, it, it, it's it's I, I would say it's it's a, a sort of uniqueness. I'm not saying nobody else can do it, but he did things his own way. Um, I knew one of my best friends was the, it still is, it was his, uh, the weekend anchor when he did television and television more so than radio. He would go in there and I went down and did a, a, a mock thing with the, uh, doing the sports one night that wasn't live, but I did it. And I found how hard it was to hit the red lights, to hit the cues, to watch this camera, to do that. And. I had a written script, and we did it three times, and Brian edited it to make one good one out of it, but taking out all my mistakes. But Brian, and he was known for this, um, he would come in, and his teleprompter script would say, film, talk, film, talk, film, talk. (laughs) And he would watch the plays and describe it flawlessly without a script because he just knew it and knew what he was going to say. You know, but it was like, being able to sit there and just spontaneously do it because you're confident and because you know it. Yeah. 
That, that that's another thing about Brian. N- never an ego, but extremely confident. He 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 knew, and, and I think that's part of the reason I'm not you know even close to him is that I question myself sometimes. You know, as I'm on air or as I'm preparing, but yeah, I I never got the idea that he would ever question himself. He was extremely confident in 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 what he could do. So if, uh, I I I think. Uh, you were saying he didn't do the weather. I, I think I read where they, they asked him to do the news one day, and he, yep, and he just sat down and did it because he, he, he had supreme confidence in himself, his ability. He knew he could do it. Yeah, and, and the thing about the, the editing that, that you said you couldn't do, the difference between you and him, he had to figure out a way to take Boomer Esiason out of my air. <laughs> yeah. Now, although I'll say I find it interesting when you were talking about matching the music back in the day, because he could pick the music with me, but he now nowadays with computers and and he he had no idea on that. So so I I would record his voice and then I would record the music and then I would mix them together. Um, he you know he he couldn't he, technically. And 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 work on the board. He 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 worked the board here at KSHP, so he could control things. But there were times when I had to run around to the other side and, and fix whatever he had messed up. Well, he was good. At, I mean, it, it's important to have people that that can cover your butt when you screw up. And at, uh, he didn't do it much. But uh, you know, I think it, like um, this is going to go way back, but. The funniest Johnny Carson ever was was when he'd blow a monologue right. and break into T for two. Well, Brian was like that. If he screwed something up, he could make light of it and, and make you tell the story about what it was that he did and how he recovered from it as opposed to noting the air. Yeah. Now, I, I'm uh, not not as old as you, John, but I remember Johnny Carson. I remember him. It, it seemed like there were times that he screwed up on purpose just so then uh, right. he, he could get laughs and recovering. Right, but I'm just saying, Brian, he was no Johnny Carson, but he he had the knack of being able to keep it in perspective and make light of it if it was self-deprecating or whatever, but it's like you you make a story out of it instead of, uh, um, you know, there there were some things that we both did that. There were some things that happened to me, and I thought, if I pretend I'm getting a quarter for every time I tell this story, I'm going to pay for everything I lost just by telling the story. And I think he, there, he, there was a lot of that in him. Yeah. It, it also, as you mentioned, there did not mind at all being self-deprecating. He, it, um, again, he he had the confidence, but he had no ego, and and uh, and, and he, he didn't. You know, if, if he messed up, he, he as you said, he, he made a, he made it part of the uh, part of the deal. Uh, that day and, and, and made it work. And um, I, 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 I just, I, again, I, I've been in this industry for a while. There are so many egos in here and I can't stand them. And, and mm-hmm. that's part of the reason that I really love working with Brian. No ego. Yeah. And I think that, again, thing comes from the, you know, our family and whatever. I, I mean, it's just the way that we were. But he could, he could, he had a way of, soft pedaling that you know I, I i i hate i normally would never admit this because i like to be that we all are the most down-to-earth people and my dad with his high school education was more had more common sense than i ever will but i did get a phd and we were going when he graduated from high school i took him to buy a sport coat 
And it was a clothing store I used to work in, and I knew the guy there very well. And when I walked in, the guy raved, and he, and he, he said, Dr. Blessing, how nice to see you. And, and then he, he looks and he says, and are you here with the doctor? And Brian looks at him and says, no, he's here with me. <laughs> because we're, we were buying his sport coat. Yeah. Uh, that, again, it sound, that, that's very much Brian. Um, he, John, he never stopped talking. When, when, he, when he turned the mic off after doing the show, they, this guy had to have the strongest jaw in, in, in the world. Um, he you know, so so then we would talk after the show. Then then he'd go out in the lobby and he he'd talk to the to the girls at the front desk. Uh, then we would stand out in the parking lot and and talk for another hour. Um, and and then you know he would go home and he would start calling friends of his and and everyone he uh, called he would talk to them for an hour. The, the the guy just loved talking about sports, didn't he? Oh, he did. It uh, and well, and the thing of it was he was an encyclopedia. I mean, he could do it. It was it, it was easy, and you could switch from one sport to another, or it could be talking about an old sport, or it could be predicting something or forecasting something that was going to be down the road. Um, it, it just was. Uh, it, it just came natural. Is I guess about the only way you can say it. The the, the other thing uh, about him, we, we we talked about how you know if, if if he was right, he would never let you forget it, and and if you were right, it never came up again. But uh, also. Extremely opinionated, but on on the on games that he wagered on, John that 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 he knew he was right. It was not he never picked the wrong team. It was not his fault. It was the the field goal kicker who missed the field goal, or or again a, a coach who, who called who wasted a timeout in the first half. If he'd have had that timeout, in the, he, uh, Brian would have won the bet. And again, I I loved it about him. But 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 he was never wrong on on any wager or any opinion. So, so even even driving to work, and and Dana and I were talking about this the other day. Usually Dana's on the phone with him. It it was the all the drivers around him that were wrong. He was you know he was never wrong. Well, in, they are. In, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but but again, so that opinion and he, I I don't know if he. Did he believe it, John? I guess is what I would ask you, or or was was he trying to convince himself that that he hadn't made the wrong pay? How, how did this? Because there there were times when I, when I he would go through that, and I would look at him and just say, "Or Brian, you just were wrong." And he would stare at me, John, and I, I knew he wanted to come across me and punch me right in the neck for it. But but he never but he never kind of really came back at me because I think he knew in essence. Yeah, he had had the wrong side on that. Well, he not only didn't want to be wrong, he definitely wanted to be right. And, and again, I'll refer you back to the John Deere 312, Mach 312 as opposed to the snowplow. I mean, if it was a way he could win, it was, it was going to be that. And there was no amount of talking that I could do that was going to make him see that I had the essence of the question correct. It was, no, it was a technicality. You're wrong. And so, uh, yeah, there was a conviction, but there, there was... Not in a bad way, but there was a need to be right. Okay, and it was was that uh, a, just Brian, or again, does that is that back to the family? Do do you, no, uh, your father, my, your mother, have my, that? Well, I, I don't think I probably do. Uh, we're we're probably the next generation, and maybe he got some of that for me. I, unfortunately, definitely the wordiness is me. 
uh, and the talking, but the uh, not being wrong, yeah, I, I probably am pretty good at making excuses and whatever. My mother was the sweetest woman in the world who never said boo, uh, you know, had no bad word to say about anybody. Um, so it, it couldn't have come from her. Uh, my father, he was a great man. But, uh, you know, he, he, I think when he was wrong, he could admit it. So I, I suspect it was probably the two of us. I will say that what people have said about me, and I think Brian probably got this from what you were just saying, that, you know, with some people you have to talk, uh, read between the lines. With John, you have to read between the paragraphs. And some <laughs> days I think that was Brian, too. Yeah. yeah I, I loved every minute of it. We're, uh, we're inside of 15 minutes left in the hour. John, is there anything... Uh, about him? Is there anything that you'd like to say that we, we haven't gotten into yet? Well, you've done a great job at bringing stuff out, Steve. I mean, I'm sure when we get off the phone, I'll I'll think of a million things, but I wouldn't. I, I just that um, I will say that uh, in a bizarre sort of way, even in his passing, he sort of gave a gift because I have made new friends this way. And I've reconnected with old friends and some relatives that I haven't talked to, not because of any animosity, just lost track with. So um, while it's a ridiculously sad time, um, it's sort of given a gift. Yeah. You know, I've I've, I've thought about that too, John, and I've I've got it in my mind, and I I hope it sticks, Um, you know, that I, I'm going to, uh, you know, call uh, my friends more often, call my relatives more often, and, uh, and and people that I see here in Vegas from time to time. I'm I'm going to take the time, you know, not just to say hi, how you doing, but uh, to actually have a conversation with them. Um, so, amen, I, brother. Yeah, now, I, I mean, when you, when you're 75, you think about your own mortality to begin with. When something like this happened, it's boy, live every minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I'm 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 now at a loss. I I I want to fill the the last twelve minutes. I I can't think of uh, of of anything we haven't we haven't covered with Brian. Um, well, if, I mean, if you have a minute, I'll I'll tell you a story that I told Dana yesterday earlier, and he he thought it was fairly descriptive as well. I got twelve. Um, go. <laughs> <laughs> well, when when Brian. Um, I'm sorry. Maybe I did say, and I'm losing track. Did That's I, fine. Did, did I, about the Billy Cunningham Award? You didn't, no, did I don't. I you you've not told okay. me. Well, the 76ers had a forward named Billy Cunningham. I remember him. Who, who never committed a foul in his life. He complained about any foul that was yeah. ever called on him. We hated him. In 1974, Brian has appendix out. And I managed to come to town on the weekend when he was in the hospital. And that Monday night, was the Bills' first appearance on Monday Night Football against Oakland. And we managed to convince the doctor to let him go home Monday afternoon instead of Tuesday if he took it easy so he could watch the game at home that night. So my dad was at work. I got him. The hospital was close to home. We went to the house. And as we were wont to do, you know, we we had a lot in common, but we could argue like crazy. And we got into an argument. And we're standing in, in what used to be my bedroom and was now his yelling at each other when my father comes home from work my father hears the ruckus and starts to come up the stairs two at a time brian hears my father on the steps and falls backwards into the closet 
And when my father comes in the room, he says, he hit me, he hit me. <laughs> I thought my father was going to kill me. What's wrong with you? He was just in the hospital. He still has stitches, and you're hitting him? And, and so when my father left, he he, he went from crying and to laughing at me. Yeah. And I said, you schmuck, you just got the, annual, the first annual Billy C. Crybaby Award. And to this day, we talk about the Billy C. Well, we talked about the Billy C. Crybaby Award, and he still took joy in the fact that he was almost got my father to kill me for hitting him when I never touched him. Yeah, that's uh, again. But that that very much sounds uh, like Brian. Um, he. He he loved the he he loved messing with you you know and 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 and, and I know um, again that that it was with love, um, but he he liked he liked getting under my skin. I th- I think part of it was he he was trying to I, I I can be extremely introverted and shy. He he was trying to get me to come out of my shell. Yeah, well, I mean, Dana said that too, not out of his shell, but that that he was interested in what he could do to, to make people that were, you know, starting in the craft or whatever better than they were and, and get, give them that same confidence that he had, I think. Yeah, you're, well, see, that the confidence part, that's, that's a thing that's never going to change with me, unfortunately. It had to do with my upbringing. Anyway, um, but, you know, Brian, as, as, as you were alluding to there with, with – with the helping people and helping people in their career. So, so I get laid off from, from a job that I've worked at for, I don't know, like 17 years or so in 2017. And, and I'm having trouble finding a job. And I knew that Brian was doing the show and, and I had known him over at Don Best. And I just thought, let, let me, uh, let me call him and see if I can do a segment, you know, once a week or whatever. And j- just to, so my name gets out there and maybe that leads to something. Right. So, yeah, I mean he 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 welcomes me with open arms essentially, and 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 I'm on every minute that I want to be on, and uh, and and I'm rusty because I hadn't done radio in fifteen twenty years at that point, and so so he's helping me through it, giving me advice before and after shows, uh, you know when I mess up on air he, he takes over so that you know, so that I don't make it worse, and uh, and then. Uh, while I'm with him, without telling me, he, he contacted other radio stations. Um, he contacted other entities in sports gaming and, and eventually, you know, helped me get jobs, um, you know, after that and w- without, without telling me. And, 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 yeah. and, 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 he, and he knew that he could, again, the, going back to the confidence, he knew he could do it. He knew he could help me. Where, whereas if situations reversed, and I tried to help someone in that situation. I probably make the situation worse. I don't have that ability. He did. That's great. I mean, it, I, I can see that happening, and, and and it's a great story. And Dana alluded to something very similar earlier. So it, it, you know, those are things that I don't see, and that they are kind of heartwarming to to, to hear about. The uh, on the other hand, the other side of Brian, and it's a, a trait that we both had, and that I fully respect because I would have done the same type of thing. Um, some years back, I was, uh, a lot of years back, uh, 40 years ago, um, or 35 years ago, I was diagnosed with diabetes and I was in the hospital overnight while they tried to figure out if I needed insulin or not and regulated it. Brian came to see me in the hospital and he brought me two gifts, a piece of fudge and a Coca-Cola. 
not not exactly what your standard <laughs> diabetic no. is going to take, particularly no. a new one. I still had that bottle of Coke. The fudge obviously wouldn't keep, right. but it was it was the 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 irreverence of it that, that meant so much to me that I hung under the bottle to, to remind me of doing it because it's sort of like I thought, okay, if there was something like that going on with him, I have to figure out the exact same thing. You, you don't want to. It wasn't about babying somebody. It was about. Uh, Making them feel better through humor or something, right? I guess. Yeah, no, he no, he never babied anybody, um, but uh, but 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 he was always there for him, and uh, and again, it's 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 that it's it's the, you know, I I know he touched so many through sports, and 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 that he was so good about it, but it it's more than that. It, it's even the people just listened to him. I think knew. Uh, or got to know the kind of person that he was, and 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 that's what that's what drew them. That that's that's why they wanted to make sure they didn't miss his show every day. Yeah, I mean it, it was it was it, it, I, I I I listened to it. I mean I gotta like it, right? I'm I'm his brother, but I could be the, the world's worst critic. I mean, if his show was bad when he was on television, I wouldn't hesitate to say that it was. It never was, but I'm saying I, I, nobody likes a kiss up, but sincere praise is is you know appropriate and um there there was so much of that but you gotta uh you know to be able to call it like it is then it means something more i remember when he first started doing sports he would be doing the baseball scoreboard and he would do the first four four you know they they would have it on the screen at the time and then go to the next screen in those days and he'd do the first four and he'd go to the next, and it'd be elsewhere. T- Toronto beat Baltimore, and he was doing it so much. I, I, I said I started calling it the elsewhere board. <laughs> you know, I thought, you know, I said, "Well, you're doing this great, but stop saying elsewhere." I mean, very minor point, but it was like, you know. But I think that was respected more because it was it was sincere and not kiss up. Yeah, he there there were little phrases that I, that I knew were coming right in certain spots. He just it was it was automatic. He he's going to say this uh, at, at this point, and 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 I you know more than once pointed out to him, hey, come up with something original once in a while, bud. Uh, but uh, you know it, it, he. Again, he he knew what he was doing. He had a way of of, of pulling that off. Um, what just in, in, at, at the end here, John? Your your favorite thing? What you, what you most remember? Maybe about Brian? The the one thing that you admired most? What I admired most was his resilience. I mean, he wanted to be in Buffalo. He got to Buffalo. He went to Las Vegas. He created something for himself there out of nothing. Basically, I mean, it was just. A unique individual talent. Uh, Favorite memories? I mean, there's so many. Um, The first time I I took him to a a Bills game was great. Uh, When he was 11, uh, my wife was pregnant, and we didn't have any money. But we decided that we should go to Los Angeles and go to Disney World or Disneyland uh, before we weren't able to do it. And we decided to take Brian. And he was this 11-year-old kid, and you could get, uh, at that time, if he had turned 11, it was going to change it into a uh, a more advanced ticket. So we got him a ticket when he was 10, and we hadn't told him he was going. My parents came up when we were out to dinner, and we told him not to eat so much or he'd never pass for 11. 
And he said, what are you talking about? And we told him, and he was off the wall. And we had the, the best time. My poor wife was pregnant, and we went through Disneyland from 8 o'clock in the morning till 11 o'clock at night, <laughs> the nonstop Brian. Yeah. I, I, so, I, I, I but did that, that was a special time to be able to do that, you know, with him and take him someplace like that for the first time. Um, and John, I, I just, I just want to thank you now for, for the time. I, I, I look forward uh, to, to beers with you down the road. And, uh, and again, now that I have your phone number, you're going to hear from me. Um, th- Same thank, back, Steve. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you so much for, for sharing with us. Okay. Well, thank you for for you and for everyone else that's listening that cared so much about him. It means a lot. It, uh, yeah. Uh, again, th- thanks, John. W- w- we will talk to you, uh, Stevie Slapshot. With you, uh, we will continue to remember Brian in the next hour. Uh, Chuck Esposito uh, will be with us. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess up the name. It's Dave Clevendentz that uh, Brian worked with on uh, Thursday night high school football over at MyLVTV, and then uh, Mike Harrington uh, from the Buffalo News, uh, one of uh, Brian's close and, uh, and dear friends. All coming up next hour as we continue to remember our friend, Brian Blessing. Slapshot back with you on this uh, special edition of Sportsbook Radio as we continue to remember our friend Brian Blessing. Uh, I have on the line with me now Chuck Esposito. Uh, Chuck, the, the, the title is Assistant Sportsbook Director, Assistant Racing Sportsbook Director. Do I have that right? At the actually, Red Rock? It's actually Racing Sportsbook Director. Okay. But that's okay. It's uh, all good, buddy. Okay. All good. All right. Um, I, I, I like to start with the you know, with with each guest that I talked to about Brian, with with, with the first time you met him and and, and how that went, because Br- Br- Brian was a guy that he n- nothing happened small, so so there's always a story with the first time you met Brian. Yeah, it's quite a long time ago. I mean, uh, we both kind of shared a love for the for hockey and um, uh, the media stuff, and we just started you know becoming friends back to his days when he was with um, Las Vegas Sports Consultants and. Um, just kind of talked more on the phone, and, and over the years became became friends. And then uh, as I moved over from uh, the Strip to Station Casinos, and uh, we had an opportunity to, to kind of do some events um, with Station Casinos, and, and him and my friendship, we just kept talking about it. And uh, we really kind of kicked it off with that draft party, that get drafted at sunset. Both of us were draft nicks. Uh, we both loved to watch the draft. Best, best soap opera on TV for guys. And we came up with this brainstorm for this big draft party, and the rest was kind of history after that, Stevie. It was the the first thing. We had a huge crowd. We did the draft caps. We let guests have fun, and it kind of morphed into our our seminars and our viewing parties and and everything else we did. And our friendship continued to grow as um, I was doing his shows more and more, and um, he was a part of the, the STN and Station Casino sports family. 
Um, and then we started texting back and forth, and my son and, and him having fun, too, going back and forth about hockey and, and football. And uh, it wasn't just a friendship. Uh, he had become family. And uh, that's the, the truly the most difficult part is that just hearing that music when, when you called and, um, you know, having it on my calendar about our conversations, our uh, radio spots weekly, is uh, it's, it's just hard to believe. Yeah, I've always been a fan of the Almonds Brothers. Uh, Chuck, I, I love that song. I, I I had to take it out of my iTunes for 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 a little while. It just when when it when it when it comes on, it's 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 just uh, tough right now. Um, th- th- but that you talked about, you know, uh, Nikki and 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 your family and your wife. Like he knew everybody's name. He knew you know the, the entire family. Like like what sports Nick like. Uh, what what your kids enjoy about school? Um, what what your what your wife's favorite things are? And 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 he he knew everybody's name, and he would always ask. And and it was it was genuine. There, there, it wasn't it wasn't part of the deal, you know, uh, being in the communications business and having you guys as a sponsor and being able to have you on. He was genuinely concerned, uh, you know, with with how you and your family were doing all the time. Absolutely, you know, my. Uh... Uh, my wife and, and his wife Marie became friends and, and would text back and forth. And uh, my son had such an affection for, for Brian. I mean, they had so much fun together. Uh, I think it was really their, their love for hockey. And, um, you know, I, I remember, uh, you know, Brian used to always say that he loved my son like a son, but he said he was his nemesis. Uh, there was a game a few years ago that the, the uh, Blackhawks, uh, me being from Chicago, and, and my son and I, huge Hawks fans as well as Knights fans, and, and Brian, a huge Sabres fan as well as a Knights fan, and uh, the Hawks scored uh, eight goals against the Sabres, and my son's like, hey, Dad, I just texted Brian that the Hawks scored a touchdown and a two-point conversion <laughs> against the Sabres. Um, so, of course, you know, Brian had to give it back to him, and, and they had so much fun doing that that, um, you know, it was hard for me to – uh, to break the news to my son, and he was clearly shaken um, when I told him, and he said, Dad, I, I loved Brian, and um, and that meant the world to me to hear him say that because I did as well, and I knew how much Brian cared about uh, my family and my son um, as well. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of don't want to go from here, but I, I just going back to the to the seminars, um, he he, there there, there was a, a thing about him where. He was big and, and made it go, but the, the, there was and, and he had he had charisma and he had confidence, but he didn't have an ego, and and and, and I I think part of the reason all all this stuff worked was he he was kind of an every guy and he connected with every guy. He knew he had a talent, but he he didn't talk down to anybody. He he enjoyed just talking with you. Yeah, I couldn't um, uh, I couldn't agree more. I think it was. His, his passion uh, for the industry, and I've said this before, Stevie, and you know, to you and, and some of our friends and colleagues in the industry, that he was such a tremendous fan, friend, cheerleader, ambassador for the industry. Even though you know all these places and that would you know have Brian in and we're competitors, it's still a small fraternity that we talk frequently. And and Brian was able to bring us all together for events and to talk about things and and to have fun and. All the events we did at uh, at Sunset and with Station Casinos, our tip-off to the tourney and kick-off to football and our VGK viewing parties and our, our Sunday football parties, um, you're absolutely right. He would have fun with the crowd. 
they loved when you know when he was hosting and kind of uh, bartering back and forth with him and just having fun. Um, the one thing that we used to get razzed about was that we put these these big posters out, um, you know, about our seminars. And they used to say they used a grade school picture of me and his high school yearbook picture of him because they were uh, such old pictures and we looked so young. Um, but it was always fun to have him part of it. And, uh, again, um, not just from myself and my family, but I know from STN Sports and uh, Station Casinos that he will sorely be missed and was truly the um, the utmost professional and just a great friend. I mean, it was uh, we would text and talk back and forth, Stevie, throughout the week about everything sports related i i was it's it's a huge loss to the community uh chuck and the the thing that resonated with me like immediately and i was i just talked to his brother john and i told him about this he he had he hadn't been in buffalo since 2005 and yet when when we got the news uh on 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 sunday i'm i'm, I'm looking at Twitter trying to you know find out if it's true first of all hoping I can disprove it because I'm, I'm not believing it, but but Buffalo is, is took over Twitter at, at that point. All, it, it was unbelievable, Chuck. How many people who had never met him, who just listened to him on the radio, uh, had had to express their feelings? It, it, you know, and and like I say, he he hadn't been there in in, in nearly twenty years. You know, you know, Stevie, not just that he was such a professional, but I think that um, he had such a, a love and an affection for Buffalo. Um, even though he had been gone for a while, um, you you knew that he was a Bills fan and a Sabres fan and, you know, talked about places that he liked to, to have, a you know, a cold beverage or go eat out there. And that never left him. And I think that probably resonated so much with the people of, of that community and that city that um, they knew that his heart was still there. And, you know, it was. I mean, he was the biggest Buffalo fan that I knew. We used to all kid about it, you know. Buffalo went on a two- or three-game winning streak um, in, in hockey, and he already had mapped out how they were making the postseason. And, you know, even the lean years with the Bills, he always talked about, you know, how this was going to occur, that was going to occur. Um, and I think, you know, for me, just being a, a huge Chicago fan as well and some of the same feelings from where I was from, um, you know, helped our friendship kind of blossom because it, we still had that love for for home. And, uh, you know, I, I know that he truly cherished uh, his time in Buffalo. Yeah, it was. I've, I always found it interesting that whenever the Knights, you know, had a need – that that he had the guy for them on Buffalo that they that they should go get and 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 I, and I would just I would look at him and say Brian Buffalo is god awful right now how could anyone on that team help anybody but right but, I know when the Knights were playing the the Hawks um, over the last few years and he was up in the press box he said you know he goes I was able to look down at your seats and I saw this this red Antonio Esposito Blackhawk jersey, and I knew it was you. <laughs> and I might have been surrounded by Knights fans, but he goes, I, I knew that was you. And uh, he did. I mean, he was just, you know, the personality, the voice, uh, the laugh, the one-liners. Uh, you just can't replace that. But more than anything, it was uh, the friendship and the family environment that he created for all of us. Yeah, I, it, you're right, Chuck. You know what? 
I look forward every day to coming here and, and doing the show with him. And, and look, and I, I like sports. I, I, I like doing radio. Um, it was fun to do it with him, but um, it, it, it was it was him. It, it was uh, it was who he was. You know, it wouldn't have been the same if I was doing the show with anyone else. It, 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 I wouldn't have had as much fun. I wouldn't have looked forward to it as much. I, I know um, any time that you got uh, to spend time around him, you felt the same. Absolutely, Stevie. I mean, I think <clears throat> excuse me, our friendship continued to grow, and everybody that I would talk to say that you guys just, you know, you mesh so well on the air, and it's, it's not like an, an interview or, um, you know, a, a scripted thing. It's where, you know, we never really talked about what we were going to talk about on the air. Um, if he came out to Sunset and we were in the uh, the studio there, or if we did a radio show and I was home or at Sunset or at Red Rock or one of our properties, it was just two, you know, passionate sports fans about the industry and about sports gaming um, who loved what we did and just would sit down and start talking and there is so many times when I'd hear that music play that it was over <laughs> that we were both stunned that, you know, our big mouths, we talked for 35 minutes without taking a breath and the segment was over. Yeah, I, I, I get that. that. You know, some of that frustrated me because I, I would like to know before we opened the mics what we were going to talk about so that I could sound, <laughs> you know, fairly intelligent. But, you know, Brian had, again, he had that way of making you feel comfortable and and if, and if he felt like you know he had gotten you into a spot where you know maybe you weren't prepared to talk about it or something, he he would correct it. He he would make it right. He just he all, he just had that ease, made you feel comfortable, and 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 made it work. He used to always say to me if he would kind of tread in those in those rough waters before he would do it, he would say, "Pal, I know you're probably going to kill me." He goes, <laughs> "I know." He goes, "But." And then he'd come up with some idea or some bet or something. Um, but, you know, and, and I've said this before, Stevie, and, you know, I used to love that he always had, you know, he'd always say this. He'd always look at me and say, pal, we've got the greatest jobs in the world. Yeah. We get to talk and work about sports. And he's so right, you know. Um, I only can hope that when I do media interviews and, and talk about him that, you know, my passion can ring out like his did because he was he was smooth, he was passionate, he was a professional, and he truly loved everything about uh, what he was doing. Unfortunately, Chuck, we we never have enough time. Um, we, we got about three minutes. Is there anything uh, that I haven't asked you that, that do you did you definitely want to convey um, here in the last couple of minutes uh, about Brian? You know, Stevie, I, I think I, I've touched on so much, and you know, I get broken up talking about it a little bit too. Yeah. Um, you know, he was in a, we were in a football fantasy football league together, and this past year, I mean, it was kind of a running joke that there was no way, no way that a certain quarterback that plays for the Buffalo Bills was getting past Brian. And sure enough, true to form, he grabbed him and a number of other Bills. So I know that there's somebody up there now really pulling some strings to get Buffalo to play on that Sunday in February in L.A. and hopefully hoist a Lombardi. And you're truly missed. I love him. Rest in peace, B. And, uh, you know, until we meet again, uh, it was a great ride. Thank you so much for the time, Chuck, and, and, and your thoughts. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Stevie. I, I'm honored that you gave me the opportunity to talk about my friend. You're, you're very welcome, and, and I'm honored that, that you came on uh, to talk about Brian. Uh, we're going to get, and I'm, I, 
I'm going to mess up the last name again. It's uh, Dave Clevidence from my LVTV that uh, Brian did the Thursday Night Lights high school football games with after these messages. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to stationcasinosports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Is joint pain keeping you down? It's time to bounce back with the help of Uzu CBD Plus. That's Y-U-Z-U-C-B-D-plus.com. Featuring gummies, delicious chocolates, capsules, and lotions, Uzu CBD Plus is your number one choice for all natural pain relief. Tired of side effects from prescription pills? Take pain management into your own hands the natural way. Use the promo code BLESSING for 10% off your first order and free shipping on orders of $100 or more, plus products for pets too. Visit UzuCBDPlus.com today. It's a jaw-dropping experience every time you walk into the Superbook at the Westgate. When it comes to watching the big game, there's no better viewing experience in Las Vegas than the massive screens in the Superbook. The Superbook Sports app features an incredible array of offerings, and it's not just about the game. Jake Cornegay's odds-making team posts numerous props and indexes for major sporting events. The Superbook is an industry leader, offering fair odds and props. Make sure you're not on the sidelines and sign up for the Superbook mobile app today. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HD TVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. The brand new Golden Circle Sports Book and Sports Bar is up and running, and it's a big hit. Spacious seating featuring great food and drink. It's bigger and better than ever. Beer, bets, and bites. Large TVs display every major sporting event, and now the Golden Circle Sports Bar is adjacent to the beautiful new sports book at TI. Don't forget, easy access in and out of the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Sports Bar. And parking is always free at Treasure Island. Experience the thrill of the grill. John Smith Subs is home of the famous Steak Bomb and other premium deli subs with grilled-to-order marinated sirloin steak, grilled chicken, farm-fresh veggies, and delicious bread baked daily. Our subs are making a name for themselves with quality and flavor. Add an order of piping hot french fries and you have a meal you can't get anyplace else. Experience the thrill of the grill at John Smith Subs. Visit johnsmithsubs.com to find a location near you. Hi, this is Gordy Brown, inviting you all to come and see my show, Blasting Impressions, in the Golden Nugget Showroom, Thursday and Saturday nights, 7.30 p.m. Tickets are available online at Ticketmaster.com. So come on down and let's have fun. Yep, 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 I look forward to seeing you there. You All right, Stevie Slapshot, back with you as we continue to remember our friend Blind Blessing on this uh, Friday afternoon here on uh, Sportsbook Radio on AM 1400 KSHP. Uh, my next guest is uh, Dave Clevidence who was the producer of uh, Thursday Night Lights High School Football 
on uh, my LV TV. Uh, good afternoon, Dave. Hey, good afternoon. Uh, thanks for having me on. We we really uh, really happy we got this opportunity to talk about that today. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate that very much. And and uh, I I like to start with with the first time uh, that you met Brian because there was there's no nothing small about uh, Brian Blessing. Um, there, there, there's always a story there. So so the first time that you met Brian, Dave. Well, you know, we, we were looking for a, uh, you know, obviously we were looking for a play-by-play person for Thursday Night Lights 11 years ago, 11 or 12 years ago. I don't even know anymore. Because when I was, when I first started with this, with this show, um, you know, I wasn't the head honcho. I wasn't, I didn't get to be the producer, um, you know, and now we have three different producers. But anyway, um, you know, it, it's, uh, we had some help with, from our friends over at Lotus Radio. Um, they were able to, to put us in contact with a few different people. And Brian was one of them. And, um, you know, when I, when I got to meet, you know, Brian, you know, we were all scared to death. How are we going to pull this off? You know, I mean, I've done some, some live sports in the past. And so I had, uh, my buddy Eric Dahl and he, he was kind of, had to be in charge of the show. And, and, uh, and we were kind of doing it all from scratch. And, and when you met Brian and you heard his voice and you heard the, the, the power of which he spoke, in all ways, not just, you know, on a microphone, he would, he would just sound like he owned the room. And, you know, it was great in that respect because it gave you some hope and some confidence to, hey, we may be able to pull this off with this guy, you know? And, and and of course, you know, Kenny White's great too. And we, 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 uh, we, we we're, his relationship with him is is great as well. And, and, uh, but Brian, he just, he, he just he just has such power when he speaks, and you know you can't help but to listen to him. There there is supreme confidence there, Dave, and I, that, that that that's that's part that's part of what made him who he was and, and as great as he was. And and I without without you know, having been there, uh, but but knowing Brian, I I I know exactly how you felt. So so he came in and and you meet him and talk to him, and now you you really feel like this this we can do this we can do yeah, this yeah, absolutely. It just rubs off on you, doesn't it? it just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, he, it's funny because, I mean, that confidence, of course, never waned. He, uh, he, he would always show up to a game, um, uh, or, you know, and, uh, and have notes from the last game and saying, hey, Dave, we got this this week, right? We got that this week, right? We need this, we need that, we need this, we need that. Uh, because, you know what, he always wanted to make a game better. He always wanted to make whatever he was doing better. And no matter what, sometimes I didn't even feel like the boss. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, sometimes I didn't feel like the producer. You know, I felt like this guy who was, you know, you know, making sure that Brian had what he needed. But you know what? That's what you needed to do because he was the guy who was always going to make the show better. And if Brian was happy, everybody was happy. Right. So, um, uh, you know, he, you know, you could always count on on Brian and Kenny. He could have a you could have one camera and a microphone, and Brian Kenny could pull off pull off a, a high school football game. Yeah, it's 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 it was pretty you know for for a long time now. It's been pretty amazing to see when they when they show up uh, at the game. You know they haven't had really an opportunity to talk to a high school football coach, so because they're so hard to get a hold of. You know they don't they've done every ounce of 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 uh, research they can do on the teams, but they need to talk to that coach. You know. So they have to show up and talk to him for a little bit at the game, and and um, and you know they get five minutes with each coach, and then they're like amazingly ready. 
you know, Brian would just, you know, sound like he knew everything he could possibly know about a, a football team. And um, it, it's it's pretty cool um, to have those memories, and it's awful that they're memories. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, you, you know, I'm trying to think of more things, but, uh, I, you know, I, I want to make sure that I get this in, Dave. If, yeah. if I've if I've if I've heard correctly, you you guys uh, at at the end of the game uh, always had an award for for the best player, and and, yeah. and is is that that award is now going to be uh, named after Brian? Actually, what what the plan is, and you know, nothing set in stone yet because I haven't obviously we haven't had a chance to talk to to his family. Okay, but the, but the idea is. Um, we have this thing called the Scholar Athlete Award. Okay. And that Scholar Athlete Award is, is just a simple scholarship. We give that scholarship of $2,500 to two kids a year, and it's a male player and a female player. And, um, you know, they are, they're nominated by their school. And then we take a look, uh, we, a committee of people from the station take a look at the applications, and we make a decision on who we think uh, would, would make a great scholarship uh, Scholar Athlete of the Year. And instead, I mean, it would probably be something like the Brian Blessing Memorial Scholarship. And it wouldn't change anything about the scholarship other than the name. And uh, we could go forward with that uh, with that particular thing. Now, that is, like I said, it's nothing set in stone, and it's just an idea. Um, because, you know, of course, you know, we don't want to do anything without permission. Um, but, uh, but, you know, also, we don't – I don't want to – bother anybody for a little bit I, um I, but but i mean but i mean i don't mind saying it on the radio because i think it's a great idea and i really i think that brian deserves something like that it, it is a great idea he, he he does deserve it and even if it doesn't happen dave i i applaud you for even thinking about doing it that's fantastic um Unfortunately, you know, we, we we don't have enough time for every guest. I, I wish we could do this twenty four seven because because everybody wants to talk about it. any anything that you want to get in here in the last couple of minutes that I that I haven't asked you or you, or you definitely want to say about Brian. You know, um, he 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 is just going to be missed. Uh, I mean, obviously he's going to be missed by everybody, but you know, um, to try to find somebody to fill those shoes is just going to be impossible. And, uh, you know, we will we will continue on as best we can without him, but uh, but it's it's going to be tough. Well, well, well said. It is, it is going to be tough. Dave, uh, p- please stay in contact with us here at KSHB. We'll probably give you a ring from time to time, um, you know, with anything that you want to do um, in regards to Brian. And, uh, and, and so we can let the people know um, how Thursday Night Lights is going to continue, okay? Thank you so much. All right. Thank you for the time, Dave. Dave uh, Clevendentz, one of these days I'll get that name right, um, uh, the producer of um, Thursday Night Lights High School Football on uh, my LVTV. Uh, Stevie Slapshot with you on this Friday afternoon. Um, we're going to be talking to Mike Harrington of the Buffalo News um, after these messages. Uh, Mike, a uh, very close and dear friend of, uh, of Brian Blessing. We'll do that in just a minute. 
Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. SDN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. SDN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino or Wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Is joint pain keeping you down? It's time to bounce back with the help of Uzu CBD Plus. That's Y-U-Z-U-C-B-D-plus.com. Featuring gummies, delicious chocolates, capsules, and lotions, Uzu CBD Plus is your number one choice for all natural pain relief. Tired of side effects from prescription pills? Take pain management into your own hands the natural way. Use the promo code BLESSING for 10% off your first order and free shipping on orders of $100 or more, plus products for pets, too. Visit UzuCBDPlus.com today. Raiders fans, announcing Terrible's Game Day Giveaway. Enter for your chance to shop, scratch, and score a $1,000 Raiders shopping spree during every game day. Here's your play call. Run a slant route to the nearest participating Terrible Chevron location on Raiders game days. Catch a scratch card and enter your unique code in the Terrible Social House app. And you could score that week's $1,000 Raiders shopping Spree. Terribles, your only place to shop, scratch, and score. Visit Terribles.com for more details. What a combo. Steaks, barbecues, libations, and sports. It all comes together at Saltgrass Steakhouse in the Golden Nugget. Savory charbroiled flavors for steaks, chicken, and seafood are the name of the game at Saltgrass Steakhouse. And speaking of games, they're all on TV. 23 TVs throughout the property. Six bar tops, an incredible variety of cocktails, and the charbroiled menu of perfection and all the games on TV that you can bet on in the book or on the Golden Nugget Sports app. It's a winning combo at Saltgrass Steakhouse. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. It's a jaw-dropping experience every time you walk into the Superbook at the Westgate. When it comes to watching the big game, there's no better viewing experience in Las Vegas than the massive screens in the Superbook. The Superbook Sports app features an incredible array of offerings, and it's not just about the game. Jake Cornegay's odds-making team posts numerous props and indexes for major sporting events. The Superbook is an industry leader, offering fair odds and props. Make sure you're not on the sidelines and sign up for the Superbook mobile app today. Hi, this is Gordy Brown, inviting you all to come and see my show, Blasting Impressions, in the Golden Nugget Showroom, Thursday and Saturday nights, 7.30 p.m. Tickets are available online at Ticketmaster.com. So come on down and let's have fun. Yep, 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 I look forward to seeing you there. Stevie Slapshot back with you as we continue to remember Brian Blessing here on AM 1400 KSHP. Before we get to the next guest, I got to I got to start with a little story. So um, I've been researching injuries for uh, sports entities um, here in uh, Las Vegas for the last 25, 30 years. So when I started, um, the, the, the Internet wasn't really fully functional yet. So I used to have to go down to a, a, a store here in Vegas and pick up the newspapers um, from around the country 
read the articles in the newspapers to find out, you know, who was injured, what the injury was, how long they were going to be out, so forth. Um, one of those papers was the Buffalo News. And in scanning the, the articles uh, for injury information, um, one guy really stood out to me in, in, in all those articles. His name is Mike Harrington. My father was a journalist. I, I grew up, you know, being taught how to compose sentences and, uh, and, and, and what, you, what, what, what your words to use, even though I can't speak them, um, in, in, to, to get the most emotion or, or to have it mean the most, to have it resonate, to have it hit home. Um, all, all of those things. My, my, my father was a, was a very good journalist. Reading Mike Harrington reminded me of my father. And, uh, and I, I, I got to uh, over the Internet to the point where I, I would, you know, tweet back and forth to Mike about uh, particular articles that he did that, that really hit home with me. And, and he just always did such a good job. And then I get to doing the show with Brian Blessing. And as only Brian Blessing could do, I got to actually meet Mike Harrington in person. Only only Brian could have pulled that off, Mike. <laughs> yes, that's uh, that's very true, Steve. You know, he uh, he had that way about he was going to pick up the phone and uh, he'd ring you up and off you go. And uh, you know, as we process this whole thing, the one thing you know, I've heard you talk to some of the guests. What stands? The one thing that stands stands right away before we even talk about Brian is that there was no such thing as a short conversation with Brian. When your phone would ring. You were booking 30 minutes with Brian, and when you're, I checked some voicemails this week after he passed away, and the shortest one was like 56 seconds. One of them almost clocked in at three minutes. You know, so radio and TV was certainly Brian's calling because he had the way with words, and, and he, he was able to get his points out there, and he liked to talk. You know, people understand, I've always been honored to be on his show with you. Well, he would text me and call me a lot. Nothing to do with, hey, when I come on the show, he would be talking about the Sabres or the Bills if he saw something happen. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's obviously a loss for everyone in Vegas, but like you've referenced, I mean, the outpouring from people in Buffalo where Brian has not been on the air since 2005 was really spectacular this week because he was so remembered here as one of the greats of television sports broadcasting in Buffalo. To me, that that says everything about him. Though it wasn't it wasn't just a sports broadcast. He 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 touched people, and and he I think I think people knew that he was genuine, and 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 so that resonates, and that makes you hold on to that personality, right? Yeah, it does. And I mean, the, he was genuine. And the, the, the obvious passion of Buffalo sports fans, he grasped right away. I mean, let's not forget Brian wasn't from here. But over time, if you told someone watching Channel 4, the Empire Sports Network in Buffalo, Brian wasn't from here, they wouldn't have believed you. Right. They thought Brian, Brian was from He became one of us. And he had that kind of passion for the job, for broadcasting, and for the Bills and Sabres and other things. And that came through to the viewers, and that really added you know, to the genuine feel they got from it. Well, John told us, for, now they grew up in Wilkes-Barre, but for whatever reason, they, they were not fans of the Philadelphia teams. They hated them. So, so they gravitated to the, to the Buffalo team. So even though he wasn't from Buffalo, the Buffalo teams were always his favorite teams. And I, and I think that came through, too. 
It did. And, I, you know, I, it's one of those situations where, you know, it, even though you're in the media, especially in television, there, there's a certain element of you get to know what's going on, the inner workings of an organization. And ultimately, for your business, it's better if the teams are good and the team wins. And Brian certainly had that passion, and he developed that. And, boy, I, I mean, that's the one thing that really gets to you right now is you're just starting – the NFL playoffs. The Bills are playing the Patriots this weekend in what's the first playoff game in Buffalo with fans since 1996, since Jim Kelly's last game. And from a personal note, from my standpoint, I don't cover the Bills. Obviously, I've covered the Sabres for many years. You know, Jack Eichel returns to practice for the Golden Knights two days after Brian passes away. The All-Star game is coming up. Brian and I had actually talked about doing a show at FanFest during All-Star Week, and, you know, I mean, Brian's going to be in that great arena in the sky watching the Golden Knights try to make a run. There's not going to be any run for the Buffalo Sabres anytime soon. No. But and he'd, he'd be interested there. But the Golden Knights have a legitimate chance this year to see how it pans out with Jack Eichel. And Brian and I talked about Jack Eichel, Stevie, all summer <laughs> long. It was a daily drama out here with Jack Eichel and constant calls from Brian. Wow, well, it sounds like it's not going to happen. Then two days later, it'd be another one. I think it's going to happen. They're going to pull the trigger. I'm like, no, Brian, they're not pulling the trigger this week. Then one time he called me. I was at a Blue Jays game. Remember, the Blue Jays were in Buffalo this year. Right. And Brian calls me. I think they're going to pull the trigger. I said, Brian, I don't give a damn if they pull the trigger. It's the sixth inning of the game. They can't pull the trigger tonight while the Blue Jays got two men on base, you know. And so he was listening. He thought it was hilarious because he could hear the crowd in the background of the phone call going, yeah, I still can't believe, you know, Pilot Field, there's major league games because he covered the very first game at Pilot Field in 1988, what's now Salem Field in Buffalo. But the Jack Eichel pursuit he was on all summer long, and, of course, it didn't end until November when I was in Seattle at 4.30 in the morning. But here's a situation now where Jack will play for the Golden Knights at some point here in the next couple months, and, you know, unfortunately, Brian won't be here to see how this story develops, and it's one he had watched. So the timing, there's never any good timing for somebody like Stevie, obviously, but it's, it's especially heartbreaking with the Bills and with what's going on with the Golden Knights for a guy like Brian who was – there from the beginning, two years before the Golden Knights even existed, and he's talking hockey on a hockey show. He sees them go to the Stanley Cup final. This is another level for the Golden Knights to maybe get over the top finally. So, you know, Brian will have a good seat for it. Mike, you just know we've seen this happen before where where, where someone who has been through uh, the travails of a team and, and then unfortunately passes, and then that team blossoms. And, and, and in this case, we've got two. We've got uh, the Bills in the playoffs right now, and, and we've got uh, Jack Eichel uh, for the Knights and, and maybe a, a nice run here on the back end for the Knights. And we know they're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, and that's the thing. As you look at it, you know, understand, for people from outside of Vegas, Stevie, there's never been any travails for the Vegas Golden Knights, even no. though, you know, the the, the – uh, the, situation in game seven in san jose it was heartbreaking and the situation last year losing to montreal and they've been close now they haven't gotten back to the cup final but most people in other cities say you got nothing to talk about in vegas and i would say that to brian too and even brian would say these people really have to understand how off the chart unusual this is this, this is never happening again in our lifetime 
Yeah, he said um, that all the time on air. He said, you, 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 yeah. you, you guys don't know what you're in for. And, and again, he, he was referring to his time with, with, with the Sabres and the Bills. And no, I, I was referring specifically to the Bills there. Um, no, it, it, it's been a rose garden here for four years with no thorns. Yeah, it is. And here we go again where right now there's six or seven or eight teams, I think, that can legitimately win the Stanley Cup. And absolutely, Vegas Golden Knights are one of them. And you know what? The Vegas Golden Knights are one of them right now before Jack Eichel even steps on the ice. Now you add Jack Eichel, and this is the point Brian has made. Brian has made it to me many times. Really, the difference for the last three or four years was not having a true number one center. I heard you earlier today joke with your guest, Brian would always pinpoint guys on the Sabres the Golden Knights should go for. Right. And a couple times he would say, what about this guy, what about that guy? And I remember saying, what do you want that guy for? <laughs> he can't do anything here. A whole different conversation, of course, with Jack Eichel. It was more, yeah, this is the guy that could take the Vegas Golden Knights over the top. What do you think the Vegas Golden Knights are going to be willing to give up to Buffalo to get Jack Eichel? So I, I think, you know, Brian was in tune with this franchise right from the beginning, and he was really in tune with hockey. He's known hockey for decades. He knows what this club needs. He knows that the number one center was a real hole. And, you know, he he he's, he has pegged Jack Eichel for months before they made the move in November as the guy Vegas needed to get. We'll have to see how how things go. I want to get more in, into the man, Mike, and I hope I don't pry too hard. But the the, the first thing I, I I like to ask of of the people that I've had on is, is the first meeting with Brian because Brian. It's it's never a small thing. Brian, Brian does nothing small, right? It's uh, he's, right. he's uh he he's almost bombastic, not quite, but he, but he but he's close. You you know he's there uh, when, whenever he's around. So your your first meeting uh, with Brian Blessing. Well, I was thinking about this because I had heard you ask somebody that, and I figured it out. It was actually in 1988. I was the high school writer for the Buffalo News, and Brian, of course, was already established as the number two guy on Channel 4, the CBS affiliate. The number one guy, the sports director, was Van Miller, the legendary 50-year radio play-by-play voice of the Bills. So you had Van Miller and Brian Blessing. So I'm just a high school writer. I wrote a story about two sisters at two Buffalo high schools, high-scoring sisters who were playing each other in a game like two days later. So I wrote the story, and then I went. The boss said, all right, you got to go cover the game. Yeah, no problem. So I go to cover the game, and in walks the TV camera. Okay, TV camera show up, and in walks Brian. And I was like, damn, Brian Blessing is going to be at this game. So he walks up to me. Um, I don't even know how he knew who I was, but he came right up to me, introduced himself, and said, hey, I read your story. I had to come check this out thinking to myself, Brian Blessing, you know, he does the weekend sports, he covers all the Bills games, and here he's at this game at Burgard High School in the city. And we talked for like an hour during that game, and, you know, he was asking, hey, you're from here, right? Yeah, and we talked about where I was from, and, you know, and he said, what do you want to do with this gig? And I said, I don't know, baseball, Sabres, I don't know, college basketball, I don't know. He said, "Yeah, he said, you just got to keep. You just got to keep driving away. You got to keep plugging away at it. And you're obviously got a good start here." And he said, "I didn't know anything about this. This is a great story. I read your story. That's why I hear. Why? What else would I come if I hadn't read? There was a good story out there. So that was the first time. You know, and then over time, you'd see him at the ballpark. 
the triple-A baseball games. You'd see him at Canisius, Niagara, college basketball games, and you just see him around town all over the place. You know, several things in there about Brian uh, that resonate. First of all, that, you know, no problem walking up to you and, and talking, and he didn't even know you, but he, he would talk to you for an hour. I'm, I'm sure you were comfortable with that. He always made people feel comfortable in those conversations. And, and you know, if, if ever there was a guy that could have an ego, it was, it was Brian, but, but he had none. He had supreme confidence, but no ego. And, and he would talk to you as an equal, right, Mike? Absolutely. And I mean, here's a situation where I was 23 years old. I was nobody. I was the high school sports writer for a year and a half at this time. He was on Channel 4 working with Van Miller, covering the Bills. He was already somebody in town, and he came up to me with no ego whatsoever. And In fact, I was the one helping him that day with information. that He made that point, and that made me feel very comfortable, and that's just the way he is. So you're right. There was no ego there whatsoever. And then the other thing is that he's already pushing you into, you know, promoting yourself, getting the next job, that that kind of stuff. And, and, and again, it resonates with me because he did that with me. I'm, I, I don't have the confidence he has. I'm, I'm, I'm a little introverted. I don't, you know, push myself on people like I should to, to get the next gig, right? But, but he would always you know, promote he would always want other people to do that for themselves. Absolutely. You know, he was interested in my story. He didn't know my story. He wanted to find out. And he just said, you know, keep going, keep pushing, keep coming up with more stories. And, you know, I talked about the Bisons. He said that, you know, there's 70 plus home games. They're not going to have one guy do them all. So keep pushing them to let you do some games. And that first year, the ballpark open, I probably did, eight or ten games that year, and, you know, that certainly helped to hear him say, hey, make sure you push them to let you do some games. And I ended up being the beat writer covering that AAA team for 22 years, starting in 1993. So uh, a lot of that came from that very, very, very first conversation. Mike, uh, maybe the, the, the thing that you admired most about him or, or, or your favorite story or, or e- even something that kind of rubbed you the wrong way about him, because I've, I've got a couple of those. <laughs> well, well, when we, he started the show in Vegas, he said, I got this hockey show. I'm going to have you on. I'm like, sure, no problem. So the first time he has me on, in the, it was in the Golden Knights first year. I was on a road trip. I was in San Jose at the Shark Tank. He says, hey, can I have you come on the show? I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. You know. So we get on the show after the morning skate, and we're going, we're going, we're going. And we were on, Stevie, we was like 35, 40 minutes. Like I hadn't even eaten lunch yet. Yeah. So we get done. We, we get done. He hangs up. He, the show's over. He calls me right back for the show. Oh, that was great. That was great. I'm like, hey, hey, Double B, I ought to charge you for that. I ought to charge you for 35, 40 minutes. I said, you got to give me a heads up. I haven't even had a chance to go to In-N-Out Burger yet, man. And he's like, oh, it was too good. It was too good. I'm like, all right. I said, I'm going to send you I'm going to send you the bill for, for that show, you know. Yeah. And he laughed about it. So the next day he calls me back after the game. And he's like, you want to come on the show next week? I said, yeah, I'll come on the show next week. But now I'm planning 40 minutes because I know you can't shut up because right. you're going to talk over me. So we were we were going back and forth over who was talking more. He said, I talked more of the segment in San Jose. And I said, no, 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 you were talking more. So we, <laughs> we were giving it to each other pretty good there. Uh, yeah, but he, 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 you know, he had a way of making all the guests comfortable. And if you think about it, that day in San Jose, I joked with him about it. I had no idea it was 35, 40 minutes, so I looked at the time on my phone. Right. 
Yeah, it that, felt like five. It felt like five minutes. Yeah, uh, I, I I did the show with him every day. It was it was that way every day? And believe me, there there were a couple of guys that 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 he hung up on because they 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 just couldn't carry it. They they weren't interesting, whatever. But but you're right. <laughs> m- m- most of them, he you know he would help through it if if they were uncomfortable or if it, you know the subject wasn't going right or or, or whatever the case. But um, you know. He again just had a way about him. I I didn't get the the phone calls that that everyone else got, you know, afterwards because he and I were spent four hours together, you know, five right. days a week. So 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 we got it done. Um, but uh, I the the couple of times that I was sick during the four years I did the show with him, and and I was at home for a couple of days. I got those phone calls every night. And and you're right, it it was it, it was never short. Right and and, uh, and 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 again, that it says a lot about him that that you know I I, I was sick, but I, I was you know I, I'm going to be fine. But 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 he but he would take the time to call and make sure I was okay. Yeah, and you know what, Stevie too, he would call, and you said this before, he would call, and we'd talk with the Sabers. He was finding out about Buffalo. He'd ask questions. He read something online about a restaurant that opened or a restaurant that closed. He would read about when the Sabres built their new Marriott and the Harbor Center practice rink downtown. He said, where is this place? You know, and I had to tell him where it was, and he knew where it was, of course, because he had lived here and worked here. So he was always trying to find out what was going on in Buffalo, and not just the Sabres or Bills. We would talk about the mayor, who got elected as mayor. We would talk about who might be on the air on a television station. Hey, this guy went to a different station or left town. He was still in touch with these things and had not been in Buffalo since 2005. And again, maybe maybe that's why he was so big because again, the, the people knew that that he felt that way at the time, and and that never left. He he enjoyed living here because he enjoyed the weather here better. But believe me, he, if 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 the weather was the same in Buffalo, he'd have stayed there. He loved it. He did. And, you know, it was a, it was a great town for him to establish roots and really become somebody and people in vegas have to understand the show he was on the empire sports network which is the equivalent of you know root or whatever regional network you have out there was the post-game show after the sabers games it was a call-in show with mike robitaille the longtime sabers defenseman who became a popular analyst and they were able to keep the ratings almost half of the game rating for the post-game show after the game for many years it was the most popular show in buffalo and to the point where there was a controversy in a playoff game in 2000 in Philadelphia with a puck through the side of the net, and NHL Vice President Colin Campbell called the show to discuss the play because Brian and Robitaille were giving it to the NHL, and Campbell basically called up and had to fall on the sword for the league because the show was killing the league so much. This was the show players watched, league officials watched, and it was the post-game show after the game. And to this day, people still talk about Hockey Hotline. Where did Vegas Hockey Hotline come from? It was the name of the show in Buffalo. That's how much Brian loved doing it. And he really said to me, it feels like I'm doing the hotline again out here in Vegas. And, and uh, he told me the story about Campbell. Uh, we also know that Doug Gilmore listened. And, and again, <laughs> I, I, think, I think the reason it was so popular is that Brian and, and uh, Robitaille pulled no punches. If 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 nope. the Sab- if the Sabers didn't play well, if a particular player didn't play well, they would let you know that. And Doug Gilmore loafed on the winning goal in Game Seven of the second round against Pittsburgh in 2001, when Darius Kasparaitis beat the Sabers on the final goal Dominic Hasek ever gave up in a Buffalo uniform. Doug Gilmore loafed. 
Brian Blessing and Mike Robitaille called him out, and Doug Gilmer flipped out at locker cleanout day. He said he wanted to punch the two of them out. And I know Brian and Robitaille loved the fact that players reacted and responded. There was a famous story one night in Washington where Steve Connawaltrick had a hat trick, and somebody asked him, what, what made you so fired up to play this game? He said, I didn't want to see those two guys in the postgame <laughs> show ripping us anymore. You know, so Brian and Robitaille, Brian said to me, Robitaille and I high-fived after Connor Waltrick's interview. Sure. So that, that's what, that was the impact the show had. There isn't a show like that in the NHL right now. Everybody's got kind of post-game shows. But there's nothing that was as free-form and as objective and as analytic as Brian and Robitaille were. And they called it out. It wasn't you know, a Sabres team show, even though it was on the team network, they called it out. And Mr. Regis, the owner said, you play it like it is. And there were bad nights and there were nights they went to the Stanley cup final and Brian and Robitaille were there. I, I, I think Brian told me in fact that uh, with Mr. Regis before Brian started doing the show, he, he wanted it known that if, if something, you know, if they weren't playing right or a particular player, whatever, that he was going to call them out and that was going to be okay. Otherwise he wasn't going to do the show. Yeah. And, and they had that meeting multiple times. Mike Robitaille went to Regis, and, and John Regis, who ended up, of course, in jail, and the Adelphia scandal skittled the network. John Regis said to them, that's all right. That's the kind of show we want. And, you know, it wasn't lip service. Brian and Mike were able to do it, and that was the kind of show they had. And believe me, that's why the show resonates today, and it, was, it remains popular. And people say, oh, I miss... You know, people say now, I miss Hockey Hotline, and I say to myself, you guys know that was 16 years ago it went off the air, right? You know, and it's as if they're talking about a show that they just saw six or eight months ago, but it's one of those shows that's going to stand the test of time in Buffalo forever. I, th- I think part part of all of this, too, Mike, is that, you know, Brian knew how to entertain. He, he knew... Yep. He, he he knew that if he didn't do that, that that he's not going to get the listeners that he got. That the show is not going to be as as good as it was. Um, he he just he had this innate ability to to know what was right, what to say at at the right time. Um, you know, how how to again if if something uh, if the Sabers weren't playing well or a particular player wasn't playing well, you know that he needed to call them out. And he was the traffic cop, Stevie. At the time, originally the show started, Robitaille was the host. But Robitaille is such a, a, a off-the-cuff, free-form guy. Being the host wasn't great for him. It, it prevented him from really thinking about his analysis. Brian came in, was brought in. He was the host. He was the traffic cop. He directed the show. He got under Robitaille's skin and got him fired up. He pulled him back. He knew how to drive the reins down the street, so to speak, and he was the perfect host for the show, and it made it work, and it completely opened up Robitaille more. Brian ended up having his role as Robitaille's foible at times. He was the perfect host for that show. That show needed Brian Blessing to take off where it took off to. Yeah, and the, the other thing about Brian, and, and look, I, I disagreed with him more than once, but he always had a strong opinion, and, th- and that's important uh, to, you know, to, to do uh, sports broadcasting. If, you, if you're going to do a show particularly like that, a pre- or post-game show, you've got to have a strong opinion and stick to it. He does, and, and the thing is, too, is that <laughs> he, he didn't pull punches on the Sabres. He didn't pull punches on the NHL and some of its craziness. He didn't pull punches on the Bills. He called it out. But he called it out in a positive way, too, if they won. 
the Bills went to four straight Super Bowls. Brian was there. You know, Channel 4 posted a couple stories in the wake of Brian's passing, and you see the picture. There's Brian in the big the big winter jackets, uh, Super Bowl 26 in the cold in Minneapolis. And he was on that Channel 4 team covering all those Super Bowls. And it was a wild time in Buffalo where the Sabres were still good. In the later 90s, they got to the Stanley Cup, but they were in the playoffs every year. The Bills were going to Super Bowls, and Brian just had a huge role and became a huge figure in Buffalo sports. But even when they won, he would call things out if things weren't going well. And, and that was what made Brian real popular among people because they knew they were going to get the real story. Right. It, it, it was fair. If, if any, any criticism that he – and again, I didn't always agree with him, but any criticism he gave uh, was fair. It was, and, and it's, a, it's a kind of – Thing where it, it's such a loss for everyone out in Vegas because there's so much to talk about now with the Golden Knights, with the Raiders. As big as the Golden Knights are going to be in the next four or five months, and they're going to be obviously in future years, but these next four or five months are going to be fascinating for them. The All-Star game coming to Vegas, that, that one really gets me because obviously I'm coming out there and Brian and I had talked about doing a show you know, at the Fan Fest and, you know, He'd seen a bunch of playoff runs, but there'd never been an all-star game in Vegas. And, you know, that, that, that's just, it, it's just hard to take. And like you said, when it first came out Sunday, you know, you're looking around the internet saying, is this right? Is this real? Is this a terrible rumor? And, you know, sometimes he's, you know, you just, you see these things and they're not terrible rumors. And, you know, I just feel for his family and you, you feel for everybody in Las Vegas and everyone in Buffalo who knew him too. And, you know, the memories of people have really flooded back in Buffalo this week talking about Brian Blessing. I, I thank you for coming on, Mike. And I, I just would like to point out, I don't know that everyone knows this, um, how important you, you talk about what's going on now uh, with the Knights in Vegas and the All-Star game coming here. Brian was an, an important piece in, in, in the Knights being here and hockey being here in Vegas. And, and he, he, he kind of did that quietly behind the scenes. And, 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 and that was part of him, too, that, that, that he would do things for people. He, would do, he did things for the yep. Knights, you know, behind the scenes and never wanted credit for it, didn't want anyone to know uh, that, that, what, what, what he had done. He, he didn't want credit. He just wanted to do it. He did, and he, he understood how important it would be for them to have a franchise and, you know, he never imagined it would get as big as it did as quickly as it did. I mean, nobody in the hockey world could have. But when Brian realized as good as they were going to be, he latched on to things right away. And, you know, his popularity in Vegas right away before the Knights even started playing a game was there. And it just soared, and he was able to go on that ride with them. But you're right. I mean, he knew this market in Vegas, what it was going to be, if it could get the NHL, if it could get the NFL in it. And, you know, at least he was here to see – some of it come to fruition, and uh, you know he's certainly going to be missed. Any any last thoughts, uh, Mike? How do how do I do? Did the twenty five minutes go fast? There you go. It was, it's like a Brian show. It was like five minutes, Stevie. Absolutely. <laughs> you know it, it, the biggest thing, Stevie, was you know I would come to the station sometimes and do the shows live with you two of you, and I was struck obviously like you were too the way. You know, Brian would say hello to the women at women out in the front office and talk about their husbands. I heard conversations about the dog. One time there was a dog there. Um, you know, just he was a regular guy. You know, he made sure everybody felt that they could talk to him. He didn't, he never, he had no ego. He didn't big time anybody. But at the same time, he could call the NHL. He could get Gary Bettman. He could, he could get Bill Foley to come on any time to talk about the Golden Knights. And, and that's the real loss here for everyone in Vegas because this is a guy who transcended sports and had become such a popular figure in the Valley out there. And, you know, he's going to be missed by everyone. 
Mike, I thank you very much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk later. Um, thanks for coming on today and, and helping us through this. Stevie, it's been an honor. Take care. Thoughts to everyone out there. All right. Uh, Mike Harrington of the Buffalo News. Um, our remembrance of uh, Brian Blessing is going to continue after uh, top of the hour news here on AM 1400 KSHB. Uh, Bill Foley and the boys from uh, Sinbin will be in. Stay right where you are. When they're down across the line, they storm the trees like bumblebees. They travel like a burning flame. We see them slide up inside. It's a one-one hockey game.